Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. and welcome back to Fight Like a Girl. My name is Rav and with me today is the gorgeous Ella. Hi Ella, how are you? I'm good, thank you Rav. I'm good, I'm in a good mood today, in a good mood this week. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good as well. I have had an awesome week. Daniel Ricciardo won the Monza Grand Prix, so very excited about that. Um, It was his first win since 2018. The only real shit thing that's happened to me this week is that I think I'm ovulating, so I basically just want to eat everything in sight. I feel you. I think I'm the same because I think you and I have synced up, haven't we? Yep, yep. I'm the same. Yeah, you're right. I noticed today when I bought a family pack of crispy M&Ms that, yeah, the time had come. (laughs) I love that. Crispy M&Ms. I didn't know you were a crispy M&M girl. Good to know. Oh, they're they're my M&Ms, guys. If anyone's listening and you want to, yeah, crispy M&Ms are my my kryptonite. Have you ever had the caramel ones? I haven't. I'm sure they're good, but sometimes I'm just like, it's too much. The reason I like the crispy M&Ms is just like a little bit different to the normal M&Ms, but like a bit of crisp as you, you know, as the name suggests. So so you haven't actually tried them? No. Oh, my God, Ella. Are they good? They are next level. That You have to try them. I know what you mean by thinking that the caramel is going to be too much, but I promise you it's not. They'll be my next purchase when I make my way through this bag, which, let's face it, will be <laughs> probably in a few minutes. <laughs> Well, on the show today, J-Lo and Ben Affleck. Whether you love them or hate them, a benefer is back. Well, for now, anyway, we put the question out to you guys on what your thoughts and experiences are on people breaking up and getting back together. So we can't wait to unpack that. Uh, we have another listener dilemma this week. They're still rolling in and we love it. This week, we've got one from a male listener who is looking for some advice on the best openers to use when breaking the ice on dating apps. But first, let's talk about real estate. Ella, you came across an article this week by the ABC that had a pretty shocking headline. Tell us about it. Yes, a really shocking statistic is if we haven't been through enough in this lockdown. New stats came out to say that house prices have jumped more than $52,000 in three months and also that they've risen 19% higher um, than they were at the start of the pandemic. Oh, wow. So if 
Yeah, which is just insane. Like, you know, I know not all of our listeners are from Sydney, but everyone, it's, you know, pretty universally known that house prices in Sydney are out of out of control and we're, you know, waiting for the bubble to burst. But will it ever burst? We don't know. Ella, I know you are currently not a home slash apartment owner. How did the article make you feel? Yeah, look, it's just, just, it's just disheartening and a little bit demoralizing, you know, without being dramatic. Mm. You know, buying a home is kind of the Australian dream. And when you're living in Sydney, you you know you know it's going to be something that you can't do in your twenties, and it's something you you know we'll probably do later in life than some of the rest of the states, like Queensland. Majority of my friends and families have owned homes since they've been in their early twenties. Hmm. It's a little bit difficult because cost of living is higher in Sydney. So buying a home in my twenties was never a goal of mine, but certainly one that I thought I'd be able to achieve in my 30s is if it wasn't hard enough already to see the just how much it's risen in three months $52,000 would get you a house deposit in Brisbane or used to get you a house deposit in Brisbane so just to put into perspective right yeah absolutely I mean I'm, I'm from Queensland as well so I know exactly what you mean I mean, I'm from an even cheaper place, Townsville. So $52,000 would probably actually get you an apartment in, in Townsville. I bet your Townsville listeners are, are like, fuck off. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> I love it. You guys know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, you already kind of touched on this and said that owning a home was something that you were considering that you'd be able to do in your 20s and at least in your 30s. So realistically, after reading that article, when do you think you'll be able to buy your own place with the way that house prices are going at the moment? God, I mean, yeah, not anytime soon, that's for sure. And I want to preface it by saying I'm, uh, you know, I'm quite lucky. I have a decent paying job. I know the average uh, Australian income is about $85,000. You know, I'm above that. So I'm certainly not crying poor mouth at all, but to be able to Mm. afford a 20% deposit when house prices are just rising that much is insane. And I've got a partner, of course, so I've got that benefit of, you know, dual income. Even with with that benefit, it's not going to be happening in the next couple of years. You know, we're looking like a couple of years down the track for sure. I mean, that's, yeah, it's it's pretty disappointing when you put it like that in terms of how much it throws like your life plan off track a little bit. Yeah. Um, I guess, would you ever consider buying outside of Sydney 100% and that's that's my plan and it has been my plan you know even before this article came out like I've been acutely aware of just how insane things are getting in Sydney and it's like why would I bust Mm. my ass to try and buy a one-bedroom apartment here just to get in the market um or buy a home far out in the western suburbs and you know have to travel an hour and a half just to get into the city each day or get to work each day it's just not worth it and I think to your point you know when you just mentioned moving out of Sydney and you know commuting for longer if you have to now that we've had COVID I guess that's one I don't want to say positive but it's it's one thing that's changed the way that we do things which is the ability to work from home so totally so many people have done that where they've moved out because the commute is no longer a factor that people are considering when they're picking where to live. So Yeah, and you make a really good point. I've got a ton of friends, some of whom are probably listening, who have uh, moved to Woi Woi and moved to parts of the Central Coast because that's where they could afford a really nice home and they're just making it work. And that's kind of the trend that we're seeing now with people kind of moving further out because they can get the home that they want and 
commuting is no longer an issue. So that's one positive, hey? You, you mentioned just then that, you know, you've got a few friends that have sort of done that in, in moving outside of Sydney. Do you feel any sort of resentment towards people who are homeowners, especially given the current climate in that news article? I do. I know it's really bad because it's not their fault that they've been able to do it and I and I haven't. I get I guess yeah. I get a little bit resentful if I'm getting completely honest and I hope that my honesty is um resonates with some people listening. I get resentful when I know that they've had help and I won't ever get that help. You know, hats off to the people who've got parents who have contributed a great deal to their deposit A or B, that they've had the luxury of being able to live at home for a period of time and save that money for a deposit. I will never be in a position to do that. I've got my mum. I've only got my mum, no no, um, no dad anymore. And um, she's got her hands full with, you know, everything like that. And I can't expect, you know, she's not certainly not going to be giving me uh, tens of thousands of dollars to go towards uh, a house deposit. And the same thing, I'll never be in a position where I can live rent-free anywhere. So I'm going to con- have to continue to pay exorbitant rent fees yeah. each week whilst also saving for a deposit. So I, that's only when I get resentful. I honestly take my hat of off to people that, that have those opportunities because, you know, I would do it in a heartbeat if I could. No, I totally get that. I don't think you need to feel bad about that. I definitely remember feeling like that before I got into the market as well. Well, that's right. You're actually a homeowner, Rav, you know, and that's, that's amazing. You bought your first home last year. Are you glad you got into the market when you did? Yeah, absolutely. Buying a home is not an impulse buy you, you know you don't make the decision just overnight and then kind of go in guns blazing so there were many times that I sort of throughout the process was thinking am I doing the right thing should I be doing this later maybe I should wait maybe I should wait because this was kind of towards the start of the pandemic so because of the uncertainty in the world at that point in time I was thinking holy shit what if I go into this and literally next week or next month the market just drops totally but I think for me similar to you Ella I was kind of thinking to myself that I would be ticking off that milestone at some point you know in my late 20s or early 30s so that was probably the driving factor for me to just rip the band-aid off and just do it good on you honestly it's so impressive because what is so disheartening about I guess that that article and and the jump in house prices for me is that most people were already looking at needing around you know two hundred thousand dollars for a house deposit now that's looking at around three hundred thousand four hundred thousand just for a deposit like that's wild. It's nuts. Yeah. So how does anyone in Sydney do that while also paying, as I said before, exorbitant rent fees? You've done it by yourself in Sydney at the age of 30. How the fuck did you do it? <laughs> oh, thanks. Now, like, I feel really embarrassed now. I'm like, I'm, for anyone that knows me, I'm the worst at taking compliments. So I know, <laughs> but it's honestly... <laughs> I tell everyone I, when I'm when I talk like most people know you now, Ref. But when I'm telling my my friends about you, I'm like, she's a boss bitch. She bought her own house by herself <laughs> at thirty. Honestly, I know you're very humble, but you've you've actually achieved the impossible, really. So you should be proud. How, how exactly did you do it? Look, honestly, I for me, it was probably just similar to yourself, Ella. I am just in a position where I have got a good job, so I was able to just really you know, save essentially. And I would say for probably a year, 
um, all I did was save. And that was a combination of me going through my separation slash divorce. So I had a lot of time to just sort of be on my own. And I know we, we actually mentioned this back in the episode where we were talking about shared finances and stuff, mm. but I found it harder to save money when I was in a relationship because yes. I really don't know why. Um, our costs, even though they were being split, it was like we were spending more. I'm the same. Um, anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to go on a rant about that. If you guys want to listen, go back and listen to that episode. But yeah, like I, I feel like when I became single, I had more money for myself. I had more control over my money. So I literally just saved and saved and saved. And then COVID came along. So that made it a lot easier to save as well because I'm a big traveler. I love holidays. I feel like I would pick experiences over gifts. So when you take that off the table and I can't travel anywhere anymore either, then naturally I'm going to be saving that money. And I did leverage some of the grants that were available through the government as well. So I was eligible for part of the stamp duty concession, not all of it because of the price of my property, but that helped offset some of the cost as well. And I was lucky. I'm not going to sit here and say that I came up with a $200,000 deposit all on my own. My parents guaranteed a part of my loan as well. Not much, just enough to get me over so that I wouldn't have to pay lender's mortgage insurance. But that did help as well. Even though I'm in a position where my parents could help me out with a deposit, it kind of goes against what I believe in and how I want to live. Um, I don't really want a handout from them. I feel like they've done so much for me, sort of getting me to where I am today in terms of just even, you know, moving me from India to Australia. So I don't really need anything else from them. Yeah. Then this year we've gone back into a lockdown. So all I've been doing is just trying to like pay off their portion of the loan as quickly as possible. So they can they can come off the... Yeah, that's amazing, Rav. Even though you, you did buy at a better time than this year, so to speak, do you wish you'd bought sooner than you did? Or are you happy that you... You're just happy that you got in when you did? If you would have asked me this question three years ago, I would have been dying to buy a house then. But now that I'm divorced, I'm so glad I did not buy a house then because then I would have had to go through the shit show of trying to divide assets and stuff. I'm a huge believer of everything happens for a reason. So no regrets. I'm I'm glad I got in when I did. Good. That's good. And I mean, this this insane jump in house prices must actually be kind of good news for you. (laughs) Are you going to get your place valued soon? Yeah, 100% because I definitely think it's gone up quite a bit and COVID has actually made it hard for valuers to come out as well because, I mean, they could do one online. But as you know, Ella, you've been to my place before. Um, I've made a few changes with like getting a wall removed and everything, which would have increased the price of the place because it's opened up the space quite a bit. I think that'll work in my favor. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to hear it, how it goes. Yeah. And so what's your long-term plan? The plan to sort of use equity in this home and buy something else? Or... Yeah, I think so. Um, I am hoping to move slightly closer to the city. I'm, I would still say I'm pretty close to the city, but um, I wouldn't mind being a little closer just once we open up and stuff, given I lead a pretty social life on the weekends. Um, yeah, I'm thinking potentially, depending on how the valuation goes, yeah, I might leverage some of the equity in my apartment and try and buy another place. Otherwise, I'm open to the concept of rent vesting, which is just, you know, living and paying rent where you actually want to live and then having an investment property elsewhere. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Love it. 
I promise you this isn't a pop culture podcast, even though we seem to be making a bit of a habit of talking about red carpet events. But in case you missed it, J-Lo and Ben Affleck have been popping up on everyone's socials quite a bit since she ended her engagement with A-Rod back in April. And I don't know about you, Ella, but I have been obsessed with this story. Oh, I'm obsessed. I'm like the minute that I saw that picture of them, obsessed. They were so iconic back when I was in high school. I still remember, um, I think I'm showing my age here a little bit, but they first started dating in early 2002. They got engaged in November of the same year. So Ben Affleck wanted to lock her down, but then they released a statement a day before their wedding in September 2003, postponing their wedding. Fast forward to January 2004, and they had officially called it quits. So quite a whirlwind romance. And here we are in May 2021, a month after her split with A-Rod, Ben and Jen started being spotted together. And as if we all weren't already way too invested in this shit show, she threw us another bone and posted a picture of her and Ben having a steamy pash on her 52nd birthday. That's the picture I'm talking about. Like, so hot. I was just like, this is the dream. This is what I've been hoping for. He looks like he's gotten hotter. So Ben Affleck has been, just on a side note, Ben Affleck has been my ultimate for since I hit puberty, right? So like... Have you seen that feral tattoo on his arm though? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's <laughs> like, Ben, what are you doing? The smoking is a bit like, but also it's kind of hot. Um, He's so tall, first of all. I've got a bit of a weird um obsession with like Googling celebrities' heights. <laughs> How tall is he? He's like uh, 192 centimetres or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, Toby can probably hear me like frothing over Ben Affleck right now, but oh well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, he's just so hot. I'm obsessed with couples that break up and then find their way back together. And I know we're going to touch on that a little bit later, but these, yeah, these, these two are my ultimate. Look, I don't know if I'm obs- as obsessed with Ben Affleck as you. <laughs> but I still think he's pretty hot. But the height thing for me would definitely get me as well. Love a tall guy. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. So their first official appearance together finally came last week when they graced the red carpet of the Venice Film Festival together, and here we are. So, Ella, I know you're a fan of couples getting back together. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Do you think that they're going to last? I don't know. I think... Look, while I am happy that they've gone back together, obviously, the sort of realist in me is a little bit like she appears to not be able to be alone. And I've seen that that sort of sentiment throughout social media, like a lot of people being like, love these two together, but just a little bit concerned by the fact that J-Lo always has to sort of have someone. She proper like monkey branches from relationship to relationship. And yeah. That's what I get a little bit concerned about. If we are kind of going into that as well, like Ben, as we know, married another Jennifer, divorced her and has kind of been like making the rounds on that. Um, what's that American dating app for celebrities? Is it Rhea or something? Raya. 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 And it's not even American. You know, like all the influencers and shit in oh, Australia use it as well. God, yeah. there you go. How do you get onto Raya? Does someone have to like endorse you? Yeah, it's some it's some shit like That's that. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I digress. You know, I've seen him doing the rounds on Raya and basically hitting up any kind of young hot thing with, you know, he's definitely got a type. He loves the brunettes with the brown eyes. So I guess I'm his type, which is very exciting. 
<laughs> Love it. And then he, of course, dated um, Ana de Armas, that absolutely gorgeous Cuban actress that's been in every kind of movie lately. So that mm. relationship hadn't long been done before he got with J-Lo. So I don't know. I, I'm really happy that they're back together, of course, but I'm also a little bit dubious. I'm like, oh. Are they just kind of filling a void for each other? I don't know if I don't know if it'll last. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to last. I just I'm a huge believer of if people break up, it's for a reason, and you probably shouldn't be getting back together again. But I know we're talking about a celebrity couple here, and it's not really in quotes the real world. Where do you sit with people getting back together in real life? Sometimes I I have I'm like a bit romantic about it, and I go, oh bless, they found their way back together. They must really have something, but also, I'm a, I'm aware that it's not always a good thing and doesn't always mean that they stay together. So if we want to throw a bit of a stat in there, so the Kansas State University did a study that showed that nearly half of all couples that split end up getting back together. So, you know, this whole J-Lo and Ben Affleck situation that's going on isn't entirely uncommon, even for us common folk. And we did put up a poll on our stories and just under half of you actually said yes, that it, you, you've you done that. You've broken up and gotten back with an ex. So why do you think that we do it, Ella? Why do you think that we break up and get back together with people? Mm, I think it's that familiarity and that we romanticize people and relationships when we look back on them. It's just something mm. that we innately do. And it's comforting to go back to something that you know. It's like the comfy chair that you like to sit on at home. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is nice. You know, something that's sort of molded into part of you. So it's. I love that analogy, the comfy chair analogy. <laughs> love it. Like belittled people down to um, pieces of furniture. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's that it's that comforting, it's familiar, and you know we know who that person is so you don't have to go through all that bullshit again like when you meet a new person, just try to work out if they're a fucking psycho or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I know exactly what you mean, yeah. <laughs> go through that vetting process on a daily basis at the moment. It's fucked. That's right. So have you ever gotten back with an ex, Rav? Well, as much as I was saying I think it's dumb that people get back together again, I have done it before. Um, I was quite young when I did it, but yes, I have. And I'm guessing it imploded eventually. Yeah, I'm a bit fuzzy on the timeline as to how long we were broken up for and when we got back together, but the shit that we broke up over, which was cheating and all that stuff, mm. it was still there. So yeah. that's what I kind of meant when I said people break up for a reason. Yeah. And I think things like that take longer than a couple of weeks to work through. So I have, but I don't think I would ever do it again. What about you? Have you broken up and gotten back with an ex? I have. I have probably gotten back with two or three Ella. serious boyfriends. <laughs> I know, I know. I have a zero willpower. <laughs> yeah, look, I've had a lot of boyfriends. So, and look, I'm proud of that. Got to kiss a few uh, frogs before you find the right one. But you make a good point, Rav. It was when I was younger. I feel like now that I'm 30, if it were to, you know, if my relationship were to implode over something like cheating or you know, something quite sort of unforgivable. I'd like to think I wouldn't go back. I've got a bit more respect for myself now. And yeah, we had a listener send in a story and I'll just read it to you. I'm not going to try and paraphrase. So I'll just read you the story. Three months into our relationship, my partner went on a night out with his high school friends and ended up getting really hands-on with another girl. Someone told her that he had a girlfriend and she tracked me down and told me what had happened. We broke up and got back together again a month later and dated for about a year before he went on a trip to Europe with the boys. He cheated while he was there, 
but never told me. I found out about three months after it happened because one of his friends saw him having a go at me on a night out for what I was wearing as he thought it was too revealing and I was getting too much attention. His friend felt bad for me and told me then what had happened. I confronted him and he denied ever doing it and wrote me essays about how much he loved me and eventually... I started to believe him. We started seeing each other again. And about six months into that, I found out he was fucking his ex (gasps) that he had dated before me. It was exactly the slap in the face that I needed to shake me out of the situation. And we never got back together again after that. Whoa. Yeah, I think it sounds like it's got something to do with infidelity. Most of the messages that we got were sort of centered around that. And the other sort of pattern that I noticed is that it was when people were younger, which doesn't really, you know, J-Lo and Ben aren't really supporting that theory because they got back together like 12 years later. Yeah, that's a big gap. Wait, was it 12 years or is it even longer than that? Like 16 or 17 years later. Oh my God. It's, it's, It's literally nearly 20 years later. They broke up in 2004. Oh my God. That is insane. 17 years. I just did the math, quick math. It really wasn't that quick. I think that took me about a minute to figure out. But (laughs) (laughs) we digress. Do you think people can change? Look, I don't think people can change. I think once they do something like that, it means that they're capable. And certainly in my experience, when I have gone back to uh, exes, the same things happened again, the unforgivable thing that made us break up in the first place. So I don't think they they can. I think if couples break up over something that's not as hectic as cheating or whatever, I feel like they can make it work. So for example, like people people forget that Prince William and Kate broke up for like a year mm. and then they got back together and now everything's fine. But obviously they didn't go through something like cheating or anything like that. So that we know of. That we know of. Yeah. So to answer your question, I don't think cheaters can change. I feel like people can definitely change, but I think a lot of work goes into that and where I get a bit confused is when people sort of go away and it's just a matter of spending time apart and then they just come back together again if if I was going to be considering that sort of thing I'd really want to know what that person's done to sort of work on themselves whether that's something like therapy or I don't even know what because I just really struggle to think that I would take someone back now that I'm older if they've cheated on me it's not just a matter of you go away and you know you kind of just are rebirthed as this human that just doesn't cheat on anyone again that's right it takes a lot to rebuild trust totally so what advice do you have for someone who might be considering getting back with an ex rav i think we've probably touched on a lot of that just then in terms of you know really understanding that the reason why you guys broke up in the first place is out of the picture and what have they sort of done to work on themselves for that but i think the biggest thing for me is probably going back to that comfort point that you made Ella about the comfy armchair great armchair really comfy you've kind of like sat in it a few times totally just molds to your body yeah but there's some pretty fucking great furniture out there that you probably never have looked at there's some newer more impressive furniture is what you're saying why would you settle for the shitty old armchair if you could have the new one I just think people really need to give themselves a break and step away out of the situation for a little bit because when you go through breakups, breakups are hard. I'm sure we can do an episode on the whole motion of going through a breakup and what to do and what not to do. But I think the one thing that people don't do enough of in a breakup is really sort of stepping away from the situation and taking that clean break. Because when you've got that person constantly in your life or in front of you or things reminding you of them, it is really easy to get sucked back into that whole comfortable armchair notion, right? So 
I think before you start making decisions about letting that person back into your life, really step away from the situation and evaluate if you're actually happier without them. Yeah. Because I think we become complacent real quick. Totally. And I I so agree with that point around wanting to remain friends with that person. And like, oh, we're just going to continue. Yeah, that's not going to work unless you have a clean break. I I know from experience. I actually have been in that situation before where I'm only friends with one of my ex-boyfriends and he and I did not become friends. I still wouldn't call him a close friend. I'd probably say like we interact with each other maybe a couple of times a year, if that. But he and I were broken up probably over 10 years before we reconnected again. Oh, wow. But what I don't understand is why do people want to be friends with their exes? I'm sorry, but I don't have sex with my friends. So it's mm. not really a friendship. Well, I, so you'll probably hate me, Rav. So I know I just said that that piece about being friends with your exes and, and whatnot, but I've, it's worked for me in terms of like, I've given it, everyone a clean break and a lot, and not all of my relationships have ended nicely, by the way. Like I've given the relationship the break that it needs. Like we have had no contact, whether that's been for six months, a year, more. And then we've checked in with each other and formed a sort of friendship from there. And I think that's I think that's fine. I think that's healthy. They were a huge part of your life. I, I think it's usually a good sign when someone's friends with their exes because it means they don't sort of hold on to bitterness and all that sort of stuff and anger. Not saying that that not about you, Rav, of course. I was like, well, yeah, that, that kind of explains me in a nutshell. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at no, all. But, but in all seriousness, like I, I totally, I, I get it. I get people wanting to be friends with their exes. I think I'm not wired that way. I know not everyone is. Everyone's different. But I think the thing that gets to me is when people, sort of flip that switch straight away and I think mm. that's where they're kind of kidding themselves it's it's got nothing to do with you wanting to be friends with them it's because you still want that person in your life in what, whatever capacity mm. maybe you're not ready to let go of the relationship but you just have to sit through that dis- discomfort of having no contact and having that clean break and I know it's hard I know it's shit mm. I've been there but that's the only thing that's going to give you clarity as to like whether that person should or shouldn't be in your life and whether you even really want them in your life that's right amen It's time for our favorite segment, Listener Dilemmas. Ladies, loving the podcast, can you ladies please shed some light on best openers on dating apps? Do women realize how much pressure they put on guys? I feel like they expect us to come across as someone who has an amazing career and does stand-up comedy on the side. I've matched with girls that state they love deep conversation on their profiles, then they open with a, hey, it's so... (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Hey. Is something funny to open with normally a safe bet? I also feel like men are a lot more forgiving when it comes to openers. Thoughts? Oh, bless. I like this person. I must say I agree that I think men are a lot more forgiving when it comes to openers, but that I think we know why. They don't necessarily put place as much importance on good conversation as women do. They're sort of more interested in what the girl looks like, I feel. I totally agree with that. I think they're not as... They're not as into having deep conversations. Even just today, I was literally talking to this guy on a dating app and all we said was, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Should we add each other on Insta? That's literally, that was the whole conversation. Yeah. And I was just like, really? You think this conversation is that riveting that we should move it to Instagram? And then he unmatched me straight after that. <gasps> so you did say that to him. <laughs> wow. I love your balls. Amazing. I don't need more friends. I've got friends. Yeah. And what's, and like, you barely know this guy. So what's the story? Like you follow each other on Instagram, nothing 
comes of it and then you've just got this weird guy lurking on your Instagram like it's bizarre anyway yeah, we, we sorry, digress sorry. going back to helping out our listener <laughs> yeah in terms of just saying more than hey I definitely think comedy or a point of difference is key in differentiating yourself from the other the sea of, of men on those on those apps I've been saying that though I haven't been on these apps in years I think I was on t- tinder for like 24 hours once so <laughs> I'm not necessarily the best person to ask so Rev what are your thoughts uh, I agree with you being funny goes a long way i typically respond to people who throw something funny my way i'm not gonna lie if somebody just says hi to me i'm gonna say hi back as well i'm not just gonna write them off because they didn't have a quirky opener but i do think that i know you said ella you haven't been on the apps for a while and tinder's a piece of shit for you know conversation starters anyway but the apps like bumble and hinge have what they call prompts on them you know it'll ask you a question like the best way to win me over is and then you fill out the blanks so most people and i think on hinge you actually have to have prompts on your profile otherwise you can't have an active profile so if somebody has gone to the effort of filling out that part of their profile I think leverage that, and I don't have enough information from this listener as to like whether he's been doing this, but that is a really good place to start because as soon as somebody makes a comment on one of my prompts, I'm instantly like more inclined to want to talk to them because it shows that they're paying attention regardless of what the end goal is here, whether you're looking to get into a relationship with someone or if it's just a casual thing, you need to still try and form a connection. And I think that's the best way to connect with someone when you comment on something that they've been open about rather than just commenting on a photo. But in saying that, I know he said that men are more forgiving and all that shit. I think women put much more effort into their profiles, which is why we're less forgiving. Because the amount of dudes that I come across, especially on Bumble, where I don't think it's mandatory for you to have prompts on your profile, people will literally just have like six photos of themselves. And it's like, when did it become a thing? It's like it's like me going for a job interview and just sending them six photos of myself. Yeah. Give me something else. Yeah, I can see you look great. What else are you bringing to the table? Yeah, yeah, I agree. But not to completely douse the whole situation in negativity. I, I still think dating apps are a great way to meet people and continue to put yourself out there. It's, it's great that you're thinking about this because I know so many men that just really don't care to think that much about this sort of thing because to them it's just a matter of like throw a line out, see who bites. Yeah. So it's good that you're thinking about it. Just don't take it to heart too much if people are being a little bit weird at the moment though because – I do think that a lot of people are out there on the apps in today's climate just because they're bored. It might be people who are living alone and that's kind of their way to interact and sort of escape away from the day-to-day working from home shit that's going on. So yeah, keep going with it all. If you have any specific examples, chuck them our way. We love the tea. So (laughs) good luck. We do. Alrighty guys, and that's all we've got time for today. Hope you're able to take something away from today's episode. Please leave us a rating on iTunes if you haven't already and share with all of your friends and family. And thank you for the support as always. We will catch you guys next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.